Welcome back to Dating What Went Wrong. I am your host, Rob Scow, the expert at failing at relationships. This is the show where we talk about dating questions because talking about it makes it less scary. Like Voldemort. People were less afraid of him when they actually said his name. Speaking of deathly things, coronavirus. It's kind of made dating harder. I struggled with it before. I did not need the world to crank up the difficulty setting. So to provide a walkthrough for this new challenge, today I'm talking with Dahlia Karnofsky. She's a dating coach, comedy host, and host of the Not Your Therapist podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I, I just have to say, it's mm -hmm. funny you asked before this started how my last name is pronounced because I mm -hmm. always have pronounced in my head your last name as Shao. Oh, uh, yeah, I get that all the time. I'm all sure you do. It's very uh -huh. confusing. I've even gotten, isn't it interesting that your last name is Show, and that you, and that you work in entertainment? This is when I used to work in entertainment. And, um, and I was like, yeah, it would be interesting if that were true. <laughs> and I've also gotten, you should just change it to that. Yeah, you should change it to that. That's the so, problem. No, there it is. Don't do that. <laughs> you be you. You be you in all of your scow glory. <laughs> so, um, the, actually, the first thing I wanted to talk about is that when I was doing the intro, I saw you shaking your head when I said failing at relationships. Well, I was shaking my head in general at the title of this podcast um, <laughs> because I think you're, you know, we tell ourselves the story that we want to come true. Mm. And I'm not like a magical thinking person per se, but I do think words matter. And I do think the way we talk to ourselves about something matters. So yeah. if the whole premise of this podcast is what went wrong, I'm a failure at dating you're going to keep proving that true for yourself, partially because you're a storyteller and a performer and, you know, that's the story you're telling. So we're going to keep proving whatever story we're telling true. And as much fun as it is to talk to our friends about how horrible dating is, you should at least try and balance it out with the positive stories as much as possible. So I think you should consider changing to a more neutral slash positive mm take on dating mm -hmm. because that's also what you want to be implanting in your brain. You know, you don't want every time you think about dating to be like, something's going to go wrong, going to talk about it later. Like, you know, I know it sounds silly, but that's just no, my initial that, reaction. No, that actually, that actually is great. And it's something that we actually talked about in, in the previous episode about the stories you tell yourself. So it's mm -hmm. like, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I, and I, you know, since that episode, especially, I, I've been thinking more about the title and, and not to say that I'm, you know, sticking with it, that I wouldn't change it. I definitely ha have considered that, but I was thinking about what, like the mindset of a person that would find this podcast mm. and that person may be in that negative place and seeing the title may speak to what they're, where they're currently at. And then the hope is to make the podcast itself be that positive thing, even if the title isn't. I'm not I saying that's, that. that's, that's what I'm going to do, but I'm just saying that that, that was the justification of not changing it immediately. I get that. I totally get that, wanting to appeal to the right person. I still think there's another way to do it of like dating for dummies or like, mm -hmm. you know, how to fix your, I don't know. I'm, you know, it's, it's Saturday. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, I get it. I also feel uh, from a technical standpoint, it seems like, it always maybe has a different topic by your title. It's like mm -hmm. dating colon, what went wrong? Feels yeah. like next week could be dating, you know, my date with a 
ghost or whatever. Like <laughs> it just, it feels like, you know, I feel like you could tighten it mm. and make it more positive. But that's yeah. just, I'm not here to critique your podcast. <laughs> I'm here to critique your dating life. That's, that is wonderful. Um, but you know, everything is tied to everything. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I think that if, if you had notes on, you know, uh, like a shirt or notes on a car or anything, any of those things, everything, like, I think that everything is connected. I agree. And, and, and so like, you know, like for me, I, I think this is, this is a little bit of a, a side tangent, but I remember, um, I was, I was talking about shoes with a friend of mine and, um, and he, he recommended that I get nicer shoes because I was wearing a lot of sneakers. And he said, like, it would, would be a better presentation of yourself if you had nicer shoes. And I asked him about his shoes, and he talked about them being $90. And I was not okay with that because I didn't want to spend $90 on a pair of shoes. But then I, I thought more about it, and I, and I realized that it wasn't that I should buy the shoes to make myself feel good. It was that I wasn't in the mental place to think that I needed a $90 pair of shoe. And so that was the big thing. It's not like, oh, I need to buy this shoe to feel better. It's like, I need to get into the mental place where spending $90 on a shoe is okay. Where like, yeah. I am worth putting on that garment. Right. And it took a very long, it took probably another year of hmm. me trying to really think about what is my value of, of how I should dress myself? And it was after about a year that I finally made the decision, I am willing to spend $90 on a really nice pair of shoes that I really like. And that's when I found almost exactly the shoe that he had for $30. Oh, wow. And I bought that shoe and I have gotten nothing but just compliments all the time on this pair of shoes. Everybody loves these shoes. Everybody loves And because I love them, because I yes. feel that I... And worth these shoes, and it doesn't. The, the price doesn't matter because I've definitely spent like a hundred, two hundred, whatever dollars on things that I felt were worth it. Mm -hmm. But if I don't think it's worth it, what does that actually mean? I like that, and I like how it ties to dating as well because a lot of times we we want to wait for something to feel worth it to put the time and effort mm -hmm. and even money in, and. Sometimes you have to go, like you're saying, back to the source and saying, well, why am I so obsessed with putting that in? Why don't I think that I deserve to put that in and give that gift to myself? And oftentimes you'll be surprised that it wasn't as much work as you thought it was going to be yeah. or as much time or whatever. You know how they say like when something is right, it's relatively easy. It won't actually take that work, but it does take you deciding that it's worth that work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, in, in taking a step back, uh, I realized I didn't really even finish the intro for you. We just Sorry. dived right yes, in. And um, I want to know, like, so how did you get involved in this, uh, in the dating coach world? It's a great question. Um, well, I would say most of my life I've been uh, obsessed with other people's dating lives. Just a thing about me. Like when I was in high school, the thing that got the popular girls to like me was they would come over to my house and I would make cookies and listen to their boy problems. And I'm not sure why they took my advice, but everyone would always come to me for boy advice. I, <laughs> I think I just like talk like I know what I'm talking about. And then that kind of continued. And I've been a performer for a long time and it's just so happened that pretty much everything I've ever written or created has been about 
dating and relationships for a long time. I had a YouTube show that was also a live show called And She Bakes. It was baking and dating advice. So kind of went right to the source with that one. And then as you know, I moved out here to Los Angeles and I was in a relationship at the time. And I was like, I'm going to start, I see all these people on dating apps and they seem miserable. I'm going to start a show with my co-creator who, you know, Abra, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, called all my single friends where I just get all the single people I know in a room together and there's comedy. So it's not like a weird singles event, but it gives them the opportunity to mix and mingle and we bring them up on stage and I host and I coach them a little bit on stage. And once I started doing that, people really started responding to the coaching aspect and asking me if I would work with them privately and asking if I would write their profiles. And so I just started kind of dabbling in that and letting it come to me. And then I got hired at a boutique matchmaking company in Los Angeles, not as their matchmaker, but as a dating coach for their clients. And I still work there to this day. I freelance for them. I go and I coach all of their clients before and after dates. And then I have my own private clients. I have a dating coaching podcast, as you know, called Not Your Therapist. Um, So it's really just been kind of always my obsession. Like I try and get away from it. And I just can't. I'm just, it's what I'm interested in. I'll go to a party and I'm that person that people I've just met will be like, so I'm getting out of a divorce. And and I'm like, you don't even know that I'm a dating coach. How is this happening? It's just something. It's like that. It's like when you go with the grain of your mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. things start to open up for you, you know? And I think for a long time, I was like, no, no, this isn't who I am, I'm this actress, which I am a performer, but it all kind of center around, centers around my passion, which is dating and helping people find that connection. And I think I have a unique take on it. So it's just really kind of taken off for me. Yeah, that's, that's one thing that, that, that definitely drew me to you is that, that you just have that, that energy of, of a person that, that is willing to, to listen and not just put you down. You know what I mean? That, yeah, that there are people, there, there's a difference between a person that listens and helps and a person that just wants you to do it their way. Yeah. And I think sometimes I can get a little firm on my way, but that's because I genuinely think it helps. And, and you'll mm-hmm. see, I'm sure as we talk, but as you already kind of know, my way is very focused on the positive, very focused yeah. on the fun and the enjoyment that is possible in dating. And I think a lot of people nowadays have lost sight of that. It's become Mm -hmm. this chore, this job, this miserable thing we all complain about on the internet. And I'm really kind of on a one-person mission to be like, it doesn't have to be that way. It can be really fun. It can be really enhancing to your life. It can make your life more fun, whether you're meeting the person you're going to marry and end up with, or whether you're just having a weird night with someone that you have a good story. Like, I just think there's so much good that can come out of connecting with each other in that way. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so then what has been your uh, personal experience with dating? Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) I, I was, I would say almost a professional dater for a while out here in Los Angeles. When I was doing the apps, I was going six nights a week. Wow different dates. I was having the time of my life. I had it down to a science. I love dating. I love dating. I think it is so fun. And of course I'm human. I had those times when I would get ghosted by someone I was into or where I'd be excited about someone and go on a date and not have a good time and be disappointed. But I really, for the most part, 
it was just like a social experiment and it was so fun for me. And the only reason I stopped is because I met my fiance and that I can tell you that story if you want, but yeah, um, that was a blind date set up. Really? Yes. That was by my hair cutter lady. She would always hear me talk about dating and she would always, we'd always talk about it. And she had a boyfriend at the time. And one day, because I was always like, oh, I went on this date. And, you know, I talk about it with a sense of joy. I really love yeah. it. You know, I wasn't coming in and going, oh, God, I hate men and I hate dating and I'm just having such a terrible time. Do you have anyone to set me up with? Like, no one would want to do that. So I would just always talk about it positively and fun. And she would love to hear my stories. And one day she was like, would you go on a blind date? And I was like, sure. And she was like, okay, I think I'm going to set you up with my boyfriend's writing partner. And I was like, all right, does he know what I look like? And she was like, nope. And I was like, then I don't want to know what he looks like. We did not exchange photos. We did not exchange social media. We did not Google each other. Wow. He gave us phone numbers. He texted me. His first text ever to me was, hi, we don't know what we look like. (laughs) And I was like, this guy's funny. And then we texted for about a week because I went out of town. Not like too intense, but just, you know, keeping in touch. And then we had our first date when I got back. And I have to say, like, you know, when I walked into that date, I was like, no, we're just going to be friends. I should have gotten his picture. This is not my type at all. Oh, I was just like, "Mm, no, I wouldn't have said yes to this. And in my mind, I was like, well, I'll just keep dating forever. You know, that's just what my life will be. And then he kind of wore me down. (laughs) So how did that work? Because, I mean, I've definitely been in that situation, but it did not go that way. Um, I think he did a few. Well... One, I do think that because we texted before and I knew that I liked him as a person, I was like, okay, clearly he's not my type, but maybe we'll be friends. Yeah. And my general feeling about any date you go on is you don't know who this person will be in your life. They could be a business connection. They could be a friend. They could set you up with the love of your life. Like they could be the love of your life. It could be anything. So you want to stay open and you want to find something to like about them. So I was talking to him and I was like, he just seems like he'd be a really good friend. Like I like him, you know, yeah. but I wasn't like into it. Yeah. Then we had, we had our first drink and then I think we were both kind of like, well, we could just leave now. Cause it was like not particularly great. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of said yes to a second drink. So he did. And then we started getting a little more comfortable. And then he was like, do you want to go to this bar down the street? And I was like, sure. And I just kind of kept saying yes. Cause I was like, whatever, you know, it's one night of my life. I'll just keep going with it. And then when we were walking to the next bar, (laughs) he kind of like walked ahead of me, like was not waiting for me at the light, which is a pet peeve of mine. I hate that. Right. And I was like, (sighs) like it was a clear signal to me that he was not into me. Yeah. And I took that as a challenge. And I was like, oh, he thinks he's not into me okay, I'm going to make him make out with me and then he's going to be obsessed with me and then I'm never going to talk to him again. Wow, that's kind of cool. This is my train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) I love a good story. So then we got to the next bar and I was like, all right. And I like leaned in, we made out. Then we like made out for the rest of the night. And then we went home and I was like, that's when I got home and I was like, yep, just going to date for the rest of my life forever. Like that was a whatever. And he, oh yeah, we had made for some reason on our date, it was like two days before Halloween. Sorry, this mm-hmm. story is. No, long. no, please. Um, it was two days before Halloween and I go, 
what are you doing on Halloween? And he was like, oh, I'm going to a friend's party. And I was like, oh, me too. Do you want to come? Don't know why I invited him. I think I was just like, this is a friend zone signal. Like I'm inviting you to come to a random Halloween party with me. And he was like, yeah, sure. Do you want to come to mine? And I was like, sure. And I was also kind of like, that's not going to happen. Like it's whatever. But the next day he was so good about following up. Mm -hmm. Um, I had also given him a lot of shit about his beard on our date because it was Mm. very out of control. He clearly hadn't been dating someone for a while and he hadn't (laughs) known how to clean it up. And I gave him a lot of shit and he texted me the next day about the party or something. And I was like, just so you know, I'm not kissing you again unless you shave your beard. Mm. And he didn't shave it right away, but a few dates in, he finally trimmed it down. But I think he had to show me that I didn't have complete control over him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we went to this party on Saturday and we just like made out. And then he did this thing, which I think is really smart, which on every date he would make plans for the next date. Mm-hmm. So I know it's scary for people to do because what if you get rejected right then? Of course. But he, you know, I'd say like, oh, I love tacos from here. And he'd be like, oh, do you want to go there on Wednesday? Yeah. And it would be Monday. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he just, and I would always say, yeah, sure. Thinking I'll just cancel later. Yeah. And I just kept then being like, well, I'll just go on another day. Like, what's the big deal? I enjoy hanging out with him. We make out. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's fine. And it just kind of, kept going like that and then he just was growing on me and that was that <laughs> that's now. great I, I'm, I'm curious though like with that story so you know when you first made that 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 thought of you know uh that you're gonna make out with him get him interested and then and then peace out yeah what what made you make out with him the second time was it like a really good kiss was it like like a board or like what, what, what was it I mean, I don't really even know. I think, well, for the Halloween party, I showed up. I think I'd had a couple shots of tequila at my friend's house. And so I just was like, whatever. And I think I was probably still a little in that mindset of like, Mm -hmm. let me just make sure he's totally obsessed with me and I'll just keep making out with him and then going home. Mm -hmm. Um, Because also I waited to sleep with him much longer than I normally do, which wasn't really even a conscious thing. I just genuinely didn't want to for a while. And, you know, it just kind of happened more slowly and gradually, which is why I'm also a big proponent of like, especially for women. And I do think to use gender stereotypes, it's less for men, but for women, attraction can really grow Mm -hmm. through liking someone, feeling safe with someone, letting someone, you know, plan your dates and Mm -hmm. put effort in especially mm-hmm. if you're not used to that, you can really grow to be attracted to someone. So the second time, but the second time we made out, I was like, oh, I actually might be attracted to him. This yeah. is better. And he had taken a little bit more care of his beard too. So that was good. And I liked that I was able to like razz him about it mm-hmm. and he didn't get all defensive. He just kind of like laughed it off. Like, yeah. you know, it's kind of putting that time in where you really get to see how a person is in different situations and test them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then when it keeps coming back A plus grade, you're like, all right, well, why would I stop now? And I kept being like, I'll keep going on dates with other people too. And I would set up the dates and then cancel them because I just like didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. So well, I never you cancel on- those ones, but not this one that you were like planning to cancel. Right. Yeah. Because I was just like, well, I'm already comfortable with him. And like, I know what that looks like. And he he's very like, 
funny, but in a kind of secretive surprise way. He's like Mm -hmm. an introvert, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not like an outward, like confident swagger, cracking jokes, great on dates guy. It's like a slow burn. And, uh, I just kept being like, well, we'll just hang out. Like I was very, very comfortable with him. I think that was the, the kicker maybe. I think that's a, that's an interesting key. Cause it, to me, and not, not to go too deep in, in, in this, like, cause I, I you know, I'm, I'm not the dating expert, uh, but, um, it sounds like you created this foundation in the beginning of the text so that you really got to, mm. to know him as a person. And then even when like you basically, your first impression wasn't the physical. Right. And so the physical, maybe it shaved away some of the attraction you had in the text conversation, but you already established a base and that base allowed it to grow. Right. I think I had already established the base of like, I like this person and I want to be friends with him. Yeah. Um, there were a few texts, which is why I, I pause a little on completely agreeing with you because his first text was great. Mm-hmm. We texted back and forth, not a ton, but enough. He said a few things that I had the instinct to write him off based on what I had been into at that point. Mm. Like things where I was just like, like I'll, I'll give an example. I, you know, you know, the typical LA dating scene, I was like, I like the outdoors and hiking and camping. And I said something about wanting to go camping because I'd gotten so used to like guys talking about that or mm-hmm. me talking, it was just being this like kind of trope of LA dating. Mm-hmm. And he was like, mm, I don't do camping. I'm afraid of bears. Mm. And he sent me an article about like bears eating a family. <laughs> and I was like, ew, like, mm. no, you know, who is this wuss? Like this nerd, like it just kind of turned me off. And yeah. so I was like, all right, well, it's probably not a match, but whatever. I, what am I going to lose on this blind date? You know what I mean? Yeah. So stuff like that. He did a couple of things like that where I was just like, I don't think we have the same sense of humor or like, I don't think he's man enough for me, but I didn't totally write him off. I was just like, okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. I just stayed like open and curious. And then when I yeah. got there and was like, oh, I'm not into him. I was still kind of like, but whatever, I'll stay mm-hmm. and like give him a chance. I'm sure he has some sort of interesting place in my life. And yeah, yeah, we're getting married in a month. Wow. You know, one of the interesting things too about this, and this is something that I've I've been hearing more when I talk to uh, people in relationships or married folk, uh, is that it always seems to stem from a friendship standpoint, that, Mm -hmm. that whoever they marry is either their best friend or one of their top friends like it's just like this is a person that like that friendship i've never heard of anyone saying oh yeah you know she's just really hot like we don't hang out but um you know when it when it's time for sex she's great you know i've never heard anyone that doesn't last i mean there are people who go that route they're usually the people who end up cheating because if you're with the person for their looks someone Mm -hmm. better looking will come along you know what i mean um he, I used to hate that because I'd always be like, no, I don't want to be friends with my partner. I have friends. I want yeah. passion and spark and romance and energy. And of course you, you want to be passionate about each other. You want there to be romance. And I will say I had always heard this, but never thought it could actually happen was that, you know, people who are like, I fall more in love every day. Like I'm more attracted to you now than I was at the beginning. And I had always dated very attractive typically attractive men. And I'd always gone very much on physical attraction and spark and heat. And always it would start out super passionate, fiery and burn out. And I would hate them by the end. Mm -hmm. And with him, 
I liked him at the beginning. I didn't have a huge fire for him, but I can honestly say without sounding too cheesy, I hope, um, I get more attracted to him every day now. We've been together for two and a half years and I find him to be the most attractive person ever. Like I can't even imagine now walking into a room and being like, no, when I see him, you know, like it's just, but it's because I know him better all the time. And he's always like, you're my best friend. I'm like, I don't want to be your friend, but it is, it's true. And, and, you know, um, I think putting the same standards on your partner as you would on a best friend is really important too. Like you wouldn't put up with from your best friend, a lot of stuff that people put up with from people they're trying to date. Yeah. And he's always, you know, been my favorite person to hang out with. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's why I kept canceling other dates too. Cause I was just like, well, they're kind of an unknown, but he is, I don't know. I just like hanging out with them. Yeah. And now I'm also super attracted to him. You know, for me, I noticed that like when I was, when I was going into college, um, I, I had a very narrow view of what attraction was because mm-hmm. I grew up in, in Northern California where there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of focus on people that are like these tanned, yes. you know, like kind of beach folk. And, mm-hmm. and it just, it was, it's a, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't interested in, in, in anyone that was not brunette. Like, I, I don't know why I was very focused on that, but I was wow. like, this is what I wanted. And so it was this incredibly narrow thing. And, and so I, I didn't want anyone that was, was pale. I didn't want anyone that had freckles. I didn't want anyone that wore glasses, even though I wore glasses. Um, I, I didn't want anyone that was nerdy, you know, because all these things, I grew up with them being bad. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember meeting this, this woman in, in, in college and she was, she was nerdy, pale, freckles. And, and I, I really didn't know what to do because I absolutely loved hanging out with her. Like it was something that I, I, I couldn't get enough of but I just, she didn't check the boxes of what attraction had meant to me. Mm. And then when I realized is that that didn't matter, is that yeah. like I enjoyed that. And then once I finally realized that like I really did like her and I finally embraced that and then all I could see was her beauty. I could only yeah. see all the things about her that, that, I, that, were, that were great. And, and I was like, oh my God, how did I not notice how attractive she is? And then I talked to other people and they were like, yeah, she's hot. What's wrong with you? And I realized it was because I was, I grew up yeah. with this very narrow view of attraction. It's true. I think, I forget if I, I feel like I read this somewhere, but also notice it and experience it that for a while we're trying to date the person who wouldn't date us in like junior high, high school. It's mm. like, we're trying to get that ideal that we were told like I was obsessed with like Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. in junior high, you know? And so for Wait, a he, long- he, uh, he rejected you? I, can you believe it? Yeah. I mean, come on. I can't believe uh, it. But for a long time, I would only date like blonde hair, blue eye, pretty boy, you know, that look, which is funny because I'm like a redheaded Jew, but I've always <laughs> had a way with those men. Um, but similarly, you know, it's like, and and you just get this physical ideal in your head. Mm -hmm. And it's even more about, I need to be accepted by them. I need to know that I can attract that attractiveness ideal in order to feel good about myself. And it's so funny what we close off because of that. Yeah. And I mean, and what I realized is the reason why I didn't want to date someone that identified as nerdy, because 
I thought that would reflect poorly on me, that someone right. would look at me and be like, oh, there's that Rob, nerdy guy with a nerdy girl. You know, yep. he's, he's such a reject. And, <laughs> and, and instead, I was just like, I'm nerdy. Why, yes. why shouldn't I be with a nerdy exactly. person? Exactly, like, you should. And yeah. then you can be the cool nerd couple. Like, no. everyone loves the nerd couple. Well, this, they didn't, they would, didn't used to be a thing when I was a kid. Oh, that was, that's probably true. <laughs> you know, now, I, was, I mean, it's true. It's like, if you're with the person who's making you happy, who the F cares? Yes. What other people are like, ooh, that couple. It's like, who cares? No, first of all, everyone's too obsessed with themselves to be noticing mm-hmm. what you're doing. And second of all, no, they're probably just jealous that you found someone. Yeah. And they're like, wow, what's that like to find someone who you're so happy with? Yeah, yeah. I remember, um, you know, I remember there was uh, like this guy I knew he he showed me a picture of his of his girlfriend and in my thought i was like i wouldn't date someone like that but looking back i don't know how long they dated but i f- certainly didn't date anyone for many years after that photo was shown so mm. whatever was happening he was obviously happier yeah. than i was you never know and it you know people's attraction too is just so random and thankfully because we can all be attracted to different people and we're not all going for the same person all the time because that would be terrible and of course there's like standards of objective beauty none of us would kick jason momoa out of bed but you know then there's i actually like i said when i would date all these like objectively i date a lot of actors Mm -hmm. objectively attractive men the the looks would get old real fast when sure. there wasn't much else behind it. And I would just mm-hmm. be like, how are you so beautiful? And I am so not attracted to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I, that's definitely happened too, where like you, you with a person and you just realize that, that this is their selling point, mm-hmm. that this, this physical aspect is their selling point. And they have gotten by with that. They haven't had to work exactly, on, yeah. on anything else. Totally. Um, yeah, they don't have to have a personality. I mean, sorry, not to speak disparagingly. I'm sure there are many course. beautiful people with personalities, great yeah. personalities, but it's true. And and also, I do think it's why, you know, you often see in Hollywood or whatever, when they're all clearly getting married or dating because they're hot, mm-hmm. it's very easy to just switch out the person because it's mm-hmm. like once you get over their hotness, you have to move on to the next hotness. If their personality is one of a kind – you're not going to get over that. Yeah. But if they're look if you're there for the looks, there's too many beautiful people in the world. I mean, I think about too like okay, going back to Leonardo DiCaprio because I think he's a he's a he's a great specimen of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um not but so he he dates anymore, but when you say he's not attractive anymore? I mean, he's just like got that bloated rich person thing going <laughs> on. <laughs> uh but he he goes from like model to model. Yep. And and I, I'm kind of wondering, like, if if he dated a person that was like complete, like he's like my next wife is, or my next girlfriend is going to be, you know, an accountant from Indiana, you know, and it's just like an av- like just a typical like average person, not not a model, just just went you know regular school and everything like that. I'm wondering if he would think the world would look less on him if they would say like, wow, what happened to you, man? Like you lost your your mojo. I don't really, I mean, I don't know Leo personally. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming at this point he doesn't really 
care, mm-hmm. but actually he probably does still care. I would like to think, you know, there are some select movie stars who end up with like a kindergarten teacher. Mm-hmm. And I think they're probably at the point where they're confident enough in themselves that they're not worried about someone bringing their stock down right. by being with them. Leo seems, from the way he bounces model to model, seems a little insecure and like he has something to prove still. Mm-hmm. So him, I'm not so sure about. Yeah, probably if he ended up with a nobody, he'd be like, oh, God, everyone thinks he's a loser. <laughs> but that's why he wouldn't end up with a nobody. Although I do think if he had ever met me, I would have given him a run for his money. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not a nobody. So, so there it is. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, so, so moving into specifically dating in the coronavirus. So mm. how, how screwed are we? Is, uh, is love on lockdown right now or are we free to go? Love is not on lockdown. Love is never on lockdown. That's good. Uh, We are not screwed. It is a more challenging time, but you can always do it. And the bonds that will be formed will probably be that much stronger because of it. We have to get to know people a little bit slower. We have to get to know them one-on-one. We can't be like out in the scene as much. So there, there are advantages and disadvantages, definitely. And I think it's, you know, I've seen the entire spectrum across my clients of people who are like, fuck it, and end up jumping in bed with the first person they go on a social distance walk with. <laughs> I have one who's been dating a girl for a few months now that he's never met. They connected on Facebook, and she lives in Arizona. Hmm. And they've just been dating, and he's like ready to put a title on it. And I keep being like, please don't do that until you meet her. Um, But he's having a great time getting to know her this way. He feels really attached to her and committed. Um, Then there are people who are just like, I live with older family members and I cannot risk anything. So I'm keeping myself to Zoom. And for those people, I say, it's also a really great time to do some self-work and self-discovery so that when you're ready to date again, you will have put in some work on yourself. So this isn't, quote, lost time. Mm-hmm. But I think there are lots of ways to use this time in terms of romance. Okay. Um, are there other ways that we need to think about dating differently aside from just slowing things down? I think you want to be creative. Um, I think you want to come up with things that not everyone is doing mm. for your dates to keep it a little spicy. I also think and I've been saying this a lot, that everyone gets a little bit more uh, leeway right now in terms of communication, just because you don't know what someone is going through. Mm -hmm. You don't know what their, people are freaking out about their jobs, their health. You know, this pandemic is, is taking a toll on everybody's mental health. So some people might have a day where they just don't wanna talk to anyone. They might have a day where they need to talk to you right now. And I just think everyone gets a little bit of a pass right now in terms of how and when they're communicating. It's just a weird time. It's a weird time. You don't always feel like jumping on video chat with someone Mm. you just met, Um, which is why I also say like walks are good, but so are phone calls because they take a little of that pressure off and allow you to get a little more intimate without feeling like you have the spotlight on you. Mm. Um. And I think people need to get a little creative in terms of if the dating apps aren't working for you, go on Facebook, go on Instagram, look at your friend's friends, reach out to them, ask your friend to set you up, you know, start a little circle with your single friends and be like, 
let's all send each other a random date. You know, there are matchmaking agencies in mm. LA right now. Have I not shared this with you? I should. No. Um, no. That are doing like virtual matching and it's hmm. totally random and they're just like it's like chat roulette basically for dating oh they're just hooking you up go on a date you know i think it's time to take risks where there are risks where you can take risks um like that sort of thing and just you know finding other ways to meet people i've told people which i wouldn't normally encourage but maybe plumb the depths of your dating life a little bit if there was someone you went on one date with and then it never went anywhere or someone you chatted with and it never went anywhere reach back out could be at a totally different place in their life you know right. if there's someone you think about not a huge fan of exes but people you didn't actually date that for whatever reason now you could be like hey how's it going how's your quarantine life you know like mm -hmm. kind of getting creative to keep new fresh input coming in mm -hmm. Oh, and one more thing, mm -hmm. which is I do think people are taking things a little more personally right now, which is totally understandable. But like a good date feels like, oh my God, over the moon, we're going to get married. Someone not showing up for your Zoom date feels like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? I'm going to fall into a hole of rejection. I think it's because we don't have a lot of new input. We can't go out with our friends and take our minds off of it and meet someone else. So just be be sensitive to yourself and go easy on yourself. Cause some people are like, why do I care this much? I haven't even met this person. I'm like, because we don't, this is all we have right now. Right. And we're all feeling emotional. So it's okay. One of the things that I, I got some advice on from a more of a business perspective, but I think it also applies to dating mm -hmm. is that the idea of the unknown, which is actually what I talked about in the beginning of this podcast, but uh, the idea of the unknown is very scary. Mm -hmm. And um, any sense of reliability is is something very attractive that you really want to focus on, and so when when you get when there's so much like unknown out in the world, and someone says I will be there at our Zoom date, you know, at seven p.m. Mm -hmm. and then at seven thirty, and they're not showing up and they're not responding, it it feels like well, it's coronavirus and it's yeah. lack of dates. Everything's yeah. fine. How am I ever going to find a husband, a wife, you know, anything right. like I'm never going to find this if I can't even get a person to commit to a 7 p.m. Zoom day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people are spiraling a lot in that way. You know, I hear a lot of people being like, these are my years I'm wasting. I'm wasting this whole year. And I'm like, that's why I say do whatever you can to work on yourself in mm -hmm. this time. Um, and then get a little creative, you know, put more out there, like get a little curious about what else is out there find ways to create input for yourself and i think right now too it's a time where people just need a yes like i know lots of people who are applying for jobs right now mm -hmm. and it's very hard to get rejected and so everyone's just like i need a yes i need a yes and it, try to take some of the pressure of that yes off of your dating life i think i, I really liked what you were saying about um, those alternate methods from dating apps, because that mm -hmm. was that was one of my questions is, you know, it feels like right now that all you have is just swiping. And swiping is, there, there's so much great about it, there's so much great about it, but there's also so much that is very limiting in terms mm -hmm. of getting to know a person. And the idea that you were talking about uh, being more creative in reaching out to friends via Facebook or, or starting, you know, these, these sort of chat roulette things, I, I think these are really great you know, ways to, to look at it. And what I'm kind of hearing from this is that, you know, 
just as we ask our friends about like, hey, are there any employment opportunities? But we, we kind of have to look to them and not be afraid to say, hey, you know what? This is, I'm, I'm going through the thing. And I, and I could really use a little help from my friends. Yes. I think that's true. I think when it comes to dating and going to your friends for help with that, that's where you just want to be a little bit, not careful, but mindful of how you're asking. Because if you go to your friends like, I'm just so lonely and I just mm. need to find someone and I need a yes and you know anyone who would date me, your friends are going to be like, eek, like, I don't want that kind of pressure. I'm not going to set you up for disappointment. No, I don't know anyone. I'm sorry. Because the really important thing when you're um, wanting to be set up by people is to let them know that no matter what happens, you're going to appreciate the setup and you're not going to, they have no responsibility to make a match for you or predict who you're going to like. Like I remember when my brother who's married now was single and I had all these young single female friends and I'd be like, well, I don't know if I want to set you up with her because you might not like her because of this and she might not like you because of that. And he was like, don't worry about it. A date is a date. You don't know who's going to go together until you put them in a room. It's spaghetti at the wall. Mm -hmm. Just set me up on dates. Just want to go on dates. And I learned from that. And I think, you know, that's how my hairdresser ended up setting me up is I was just talking about it in a positive way of just like, I love to go on dates. So what I tell my clients is when they're talking to their friends about this, do you know anyone who wants to go on a date? I love, I'm having such a good time dating right now. Just want to go on more dates. Don't worry about if I'm going to like them or not. I honestly do not care. I just want to go on more dates, hmm. you know, and keeping it positive and about how much you enjoy it is going to be much more likely to get something than putting pressure that you need help from them. It's interesting. Um, so I had another thought with this. So, you know, this may just be a, a, a way that I have to reshape my thinking, mm -hmm. but I, I know that a lot of times for me, there's a lot of anxiety that goes with being set up because most of the time when a friend is trying to set me up, their idea of what I want is, is not, we don't, we don't have the same point of view. And so there is, there has been a lot of times when I've not been excited about being set up because like the odds of it being good are, are, are not good. And so I have this anxiety about it. I hear you, mm -hmm. but you need to like, when you're dating, you need to take as few filters off of it as possible. You, for the first date, you need to cast as wide a net as possible. Is there a chance your friend's going to set you up with someone you don't like? Yes. Is there a chance someone you think you absolutely would like, you won't like? Yes. Is it one night of your life? Yes. Should you go on it? Yes. Regardless, you will learn something about yourself, about another person, about the world. You don't know if the person you end up going on a date with is going to play a different role in your life. I've heard of situations where people went on a date, clearly wasn't a romantic match, and they're like, you know who would be great for you though is my friend. They might know someone who would be great for you. So I think as much as you can be like, it's two hours of my life. Who cares? And especially right now, it's what, Zoom? You don't even have to leave your house. Right. Like, why would you not go have that experience? Yes, there's a good chance, high chance, highly likely you're not going to like this person. Just like 99.999% of the dates you're going to go on in general. 
Mm. But like, why would you not take that opportunity? Right. And also no offense, but whatever it is you've decided you need and is good for you obviously isn't right because you are single. That's a good point. That's a very good point too. I think for me, um, and, and I agree with what you, what you said. I, I think the reason why I bring that anxiety to it is because I think about, I think too far ahead about like, oh, what's this going to do to my friendship if I reject this person? What's date number three going to be like? What's date number two? And I think that I, I don't live in that moment. Yeah. You need to, first of all, with your friendship with that person, that's why I'm saying you want to set it up the right way where you're like, I want you to know there's no pressure on you to get this right. Mm-hmm. I just want to go on more dates. I don't care. And mm-hmm. if I'm not into them, I don't care. Like you right. have to take the pressure off of them to get it right. So they'll know you're not going to be mad at them or have super high expectations. Mm-hmm. And then you just see what happens. So really just walk in with no judgments. Yeah. Not, no judgments toward the date, but also no ju- judgments to your friend Bro, for setting no. you up on this date. No, because if you tell them, I don't care, I really don't care, then they're just going to set you up with any single person they know. Yeah. I do it for my clients sometimes where I'm like, you guys are not a match, mm-hmm. but I want you to go on a date and have an experience and tell me what you think. And then I'm going to talk to them about what they think. And it's going to be interesting. You know, like it's just an experience. It's just a learning experience. It's a story. It's getting to know another person. As far as second and third date go, I mean, just don't get ahead of yourself. You'll figure that out later, you know? But going on one date with someone is not a commitment. Mm -hmm. I think this is really good. And I think the fact that you you come from you know, the, the fact that your fiance is someone that, that you didn't think that you were going to have a second date with, I think that like really shows how it's important to just invest in the moment, not in the future. Exactly. Just keep, if you're like, the reason I kept not canceling on him is because I was just like, I mean, I'll go have a good time and then I'll end it. You know, yeah. it was just like, I'm taking it one day at a time. Yeah. Am I going to enjoy hanging out with this person? Yes. Okay. I'll go. And then I don't have to go again. So I was never like, oh, this is the seventh date. I'm going to have to keep dating him after this. Like I just kept saying yes because it sounded fun. So would you say that maybe a good way to approach dating is to really check in with yourself, not in the future, not in what their attributes are or whatever, but just checking with yourself in the now. Do I enjoy this moment? Exactly. I think on a first date, the only thing you're trying to figure out is, do I like hanging out with this person? Hmm. Am I having fun? Am I enjoying myself? Do I like them as a person? You are not trying to figure out what are they looking for? What do they want? What's their family history? Where is this going? Does this make sense? Can we do this? Are we into each other? You know, are we compatible? You're just going, am I enjoying myself right now? Yeah. That's a good point. And it'll make dating a lot more enjoyable too when you can just be focused on how can I have a good time right now? Not like how do I figure out in as little time as possible if this is the person for me. Because mm-hmm. 99% of the time it won't be, especially not for the first few dates. You have to get to know a person. You know, mm-hmm. think about the people like this girl in your college experience that you ended up being super into, you got to know her over a period of time. You saw her in all different contexts. You love hanging out with her. You knew how she was in different situations. We don't get that when we go on these 
right. online or blind dates, we're getting a snapshot. And so to think that we could make that kind of decision from two hours with the person, unless mm-hmm. they do something super offensive or disgusting, mm-hmm. just have a good time. That's actually a really good point. I, I've, I've noticed that some of my biggest crushes throughout, throughout my history have all been people when my initial reaction was like, you know, I can go either way. Exactly. Like not like, like bad. It was just was, yes. I didn't think about them in the beginning. And then all of a sudden after they said something funny or they did something interesting or we got to know each other as friends, we shared a great laugh. Like I was like, oh, you know what? She's great. She's yes. really great. I want to yes. spend more time with her. Yes, exactly. So why would you think you can find that out in one day when a lot of times your first instinct is meh yeah. and then it grows? Right. So then is there a, something you'd recommend? Because like you don't have time to go on 50 dates with you know, every person. So no. do, you, do you have any sort of thoughts on how, is fast track e- even the right word? I, how, do you, how do you navigate finding a great, this great individual through dating? I mean, I think you keep saying yes and going forward until you don't want to anymore. You You know, I generally think it takes at least three dates to know if there's something there at all. Mm. Um, If you're like, absolutely no, there's this thing I hate about her or I just can't stand looking at her or she smells so bad or like she said this super offensive thing, then you don't have to go on more dates. But I say keep going as long as you're having a good time. Yeah. And if it's, you know, three, four, five dates in, you're like, I'm having a fine time. I just don't feel into it. I don't feel excited. I don't feel attracted. I have no drive to see her again. Then you can end it. Yeah. I mean, I guess it really is coming down to, to this, the main point of how am I feeling in this moment? Right. And, and if you're seeing a pattern of, I'm not feeling that great, or I'm, I'm feeling very okay, or like, I'd rather go hang out with my friends, then that's so much more telling than, well, they're a little tall or they're a little short or they're this or they're that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think, you know, some people are like, well, but I don't feel excited to see them. And it's like, that can take a little bit of time, you Mm -hmm. know, because you do sometimes have to uncover the layers of a person like you saw with these friends in your past that you ended up developing feelings for. That's why you want to see them in different contexts. You want to put yourselves in different situations and just give it a little more time. Cause also a lot of people are not at their best on their first couple of dates. They're nervous, sure, you know, and they're not putting their best foot forward. They might have defense mechanisms that you have to get through, but if there's something you like about hanging out with them, something you enjoy, I say, keep going. So is there a process that you recommend like for me personally, like I usually will do a few exchanges via messenger or whatever the app is that I'm on. And then I get right into a Zoom date. Like, is there a, something you recommend for a process for that? I mean, it sounds like you're doing it mostly right. I generally like people to stay away from messaging for too long of a time. Like mm-hmm. if I hadn't been out of town, I would have gone on a date with him the next day. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I think couple exchanges, but you don't want to start thinking that you know something about the person Mm. or building a false sense of intimacy through messaging. People get real into that and then they'll be like, I'm so into this guy. We've had all these amazing text conversations. Can't wait to meet him. And you're setting yourself up for disappointment. 
right. one way or the other, you know? So I think you want to get to the in-person meeting as quickly as possible. I think a few exchanges to like make sure you kind of click and have a flow is good, but it shouldn't really go on for more than a day before you're like, okay, so should we get a drink? Should we do a Zoom? Should we get a coffee? Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. Um, do you Do you think that there should be like so many Zooms before an in-person meeting or do you think that that's kind of more based on the individuals? I think it's your comfort level right now. Like I know every location is different. Every person is different. So some people really like the Zooms. They're happy to keep doing that. Other people are like, I hate this. I want to meet them in person. I think, you know, that it's actually a great tool. And even when dating is, quote, back to normal, it'll still be a great tool to maybe do a phone call or a video chat before a date so that you can get an idea of the person before you go. And if it's an absolute no, you don't have to go. Um, But I don't, yeah, I don't really have a specific set of like this many Zooms and then an input. It's like whatever feels good for you. Yeah. Once again, see how you feel in the moment. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like that's becoming a a theme. Yes. Um, Day by day. And you had mentioned earlier that, you know, people get kind of a pass on certain emotional things because this is a different time. Um, Do you have other recommendations on how we can prepare ourselves or our dates emotionally for dating during coronavirus? I think, uh, to just be easy on yourself and each, I mean, in general with regular dating time, I also gave people more of a pass than most people do mm-hmm. just because people are people. Mm-hmm. And especially before you meet in person, no one has any reason to be attached to you. I would love if every single person treated every single person they met over Bumble or Hinge or Messenger or whatever with the utmost respect as if they could be the person they would marry. But unfortunately, until we meet each other in person, smell each other's pheromones, get each other's energy, there can't really be expectation of this person should act such and such a way. I would love Mm -hmm. that, but I'm Mm -hmm. just talking about how people really are, especially in this, you know, digital age. where it's very easy to get distracted, disappear, get busy with work, get overwhelmed, have a family phone call, whatever it is. Um, So I just encourage everyone, you know, be easy on yourself. Don't beat yourself up about getting anxious or feeling sad or being like, why do I care so much? Or I shouldn't have said that stupid thing. Like we're just all doing the best we can. And once you can kind of judge yourself less and be more forgiving of yourself, you'll also be able to be more forgiving of other people. So it's really um, like I talked in previous podcasts about like the stories we tell ourselves Mm -hmm. and you know, if you know, and also the idea of like, why do you need to know what they're doing right now? Like why, why is it, you know, why is it so important that they check in with you today? Right. You know, what does that say about you if you need that? And so, I mean, I think we're all a little, everyone's a little anxious right now and people handle it differently. And some people are like, I need more communication when I'm anxious and some people need less and they need to go be by themselves. And so it's just, yeah, keeping that in mind that everyone's yeah. different. And I think, I mean, maybe and if, see if you agree is that, you know, being very clear what it is that you expect or want and seeing how the person responds to that. 
If someone says, I, I need to check in text every day, and another person's like, yeah, I love that. That's great. Then, then that's great. But if someone's like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to always do that, and the other person's like, that's not going to work for me, then that's a match that's probably not going to work out. Probably. I think we need to, I mean, obviously that conversation shouldn't be happening too early on anyway. Right. Like you can't have one Zoom call and then be like, okay, so can you check in with me every day? It's fine <laughs> if you set up a date with someone and you're like, okay, why don't we check in the morning of mm -hmm. to let me know it's still on? You know, that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's like adult communication. But I, in those cases, I really do think if you're someone's like, I need to check in every day from someone I've never met before. You need to ask yourself what that's doing for you and where else you could get that, whatever it is you need, how you could give it to yourself. You know, once you've started dating someone, you know, if it's one of these situations where you're like, we go on a date every few days, but I don't hear from them in between. Once you've been on a few dates and it's clear that you both like each other, you could be like, hey, like, I just have this thing about checking in and I'm wondering if I could hear from you just once a day, no biggie, but it would really mean a lot to me. Yeah. And then you get to see how they handle that information. Makes sense. Um, so there are a lot of fears with, with dating now. Um, so I, I had a friend, for example, that, that uh, a, a guy didn't want to, to kiss her because he, he was worried that she had seen too many people. Uh -huh. And, and I, I think there's an interesting balance because on the one hand, you'd be like, okay, like he's afraid. But on the other hand, it sounds like to me that what he's saying is you're not worth the risk. Like, like my interest in you is not strong enough to take that risk. And I'm curious, like what are your thoughts on that? And how do you think we can balance these fears now? I mean, I think if he's saying, I don't want to kiss you because I'm worried about getting sick, mm -hmm. like not to be too doldrumy, but this is an illness that can kill people and mm -hmm. we don't yet know who it kills and why. Right. So I can understand that. Mm -hmm. And it's at the same time, if you're going to say, well, he's not willing to take the risk, so he's not that into her. If she's not willing to wait and not take the risk. Hmm. then she's not that into him, you know, like so it goes both ways. Yeah. It totally goes both ways. If someone says I'm super into you, but my comfort level around health right now is this, hmm. which it is an interesting thing because it's almost like not like politics, but like people's stance on what they're comfortable with. And I have seen it change for some people, depending on how into the person they're into, you know, yeah. they are that they're like, well, then we just made out, but it's usually not super calculated or, conscious it's more of like a human instinct that takes over mm -hmm. um not even necessarily that they're that into that person but that they're desperate for human <laughs> contact and touch yeah. um so i yeah I, it's similar to how i'm saying like be more forgiving i think we don't want to find reasons to jump to conclusions right now i think if someone says it's because of this we want to believe them i see and if he's not into her he won't ask her out again and, you know, if she, if it's that important to her and she's like, I hate the fact that he wouldn't kiss me because he's afraid of this disease, then she doesn't have to go out with him again. Right. But it could change, you know, as he becomes more comfortable or if she's like, okay, cool. I won't go anywhere for two weeks if that's yeah. what he needs, you know, it's yeah. all about kind of like flexibility and empathy right now. That's actually really, really great.
and really just understanding what the other person needs and making a mental check if if you can provide that. Right. If you're okay with that. If you're yeah. not, then you're probably the one not into it, but don't put it on them. Mm-hmm. So now that we're into this whole thing, we've got coronavirus, Zoom, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, are there ways that we can really look at, like we talked about how this is harder, but are there ways that we can look at this as these are new opportunities? That yes. this is a positive thing? Totally. I think... Um, I've heard from more than one person that they feel like they're getting better conversations, closer, more intimate, more real. Um, I have a client who's been dating a guy who she's like, he's actually way more introverted than I would normally date. And she's like, I think if I met him at a bar in person, it wouldn't have gone past the first date because he probably would have been super shy and nervous being out in a bar with people around, you know, there's a lot of input going on and and she thinks that them being able to both just be hanging out in their house where they're comfortable where you can be comfortable in your body where you can lounge on your couch where you can make yourself a drink you know you don't have to also juggle all these other things going on where hopefully your phone is put away um really allows us to focus and become intimate in a different way i think and so i do think it's actually a really good time for introverts <laughs> because they can stay at home and just have one-on-one conversations. Um, And I think there are lots of ways to show your creativity too. You know, I think there's lots of resources out there, but there's just lots of different ways to do the online dating thing, to grow the connection. It's, you know, people used to write letters back and Mm -hmm. forth, you know, or plenty of people have met online and not met for a while. Like it's not my favorite thing in the world to not meet in person, but I think, Zoom can be a really fun way to be creative and build intimacy with the person. I've actually really enjoyed Zoom as mm-hmm. a as a as a dating tool because I think it it takes I mean obviously there is a downside to it the, the the lack of the physical connection but especially in a first date when you're really not necessarily super physical um uh I think it's really great because it takes away a lot of other anxieties. Like, for example, oh, I got to drive there. I got to find parking. Right. You know, um, I'm gonna, if I don't like them in the first 30 seconds, I've wasted all this time getting ready and doing all this stuff and driving there. And then they'll be like, oh, well, like, who's going to pay? How much do we pay? What kind of drinks do we get? Like, you know, is she going to, like, look bad at me if I order the lava flow when I should have <laughs> been ordering the scotch, which is something that I've honestly thought about a lot. Uh, uh, and I like both, by the way. Um, and no one will ever judge you for that, just so you know. I feel that I have, but those are the wrong people for right. me. Right, that's not the yeah. right person for me yeah. if they care about that. So, so I, I've, I've, I've stopped, for, for that particular example, I've stopped worrying about that. Um, but, um, but yeah, like I think it takes away all of those extra anxieties and just allows you to focus one-on-one with an individual in a very low-stakes friendship-building way. Totally. And, and all of that said, I, I just want to highlight and hopefully abolish the whole mindset that I'm deciding in the first 30 seconds. And if I'm not into it in the first 30 seconds, it's a waste of time. Mm. I don't believe any date is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. It's only a waste of time if you've decided it's a waste of time, but there's always something you can get out of it. And I also don't think anyone can know in the first 30 seconds. I mean, mm-hmm. If you walk in, you're like, there's no way I will ever be attracted to this person, fine. But yeah. you could still talk to them and 
all of a sudden find yourself attracted to them. Mm-hmm. So I just don't, I think that whole idea is, should be gotten rid of. But I do think Zoom is really good for getting rid of that idea because there isn't, you know, even if you get on the Zoom and you're like, oh, probably not, like you're going to stay for a half hour. Yeah. Why not? You know, yeah. and I encourage you to. And I also think another good thing about kind of the Zoom dating world is it doesn't let the physical take over as much. Like, yeah. you know, you make out with someone, jump into bed with them, and all of a sudden you like them exponentially more than you would have if you just were going on their personality mm-hmm. or less. And it kind of forces you to slow down and really get to know if you like talking to this person. Yeah. And not yeah. just like making out with them. And that's actually a really cool thing too, because I would imagine that, um, you know, if I had a bunch of successful Zoom dates with a person, then the idea of being physical in a much more comfortable way would, would happen much, na- much more naturally. Like it wouldn't be like, oh, it's the first date. Do I kiss her goodnight? You know, it would be like, like obviously this is like date number five. I'm going to go meet her. We're obviously going to make out. Like this is like, it's, well, it's never almost- assume, Rob. Okay. Yeah, no, I no, still not- might want to okay. meet you in person and get comfortable. Not everyone's into that on the first I, 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 I suppose I date. did speak a little out of turn there in that. <laughs> what, I guess what I mean to say is- You'll be you, ready to go. Yeah. If you've still established through the Zoom yes. that like you want this physical connection, yes. by the time you get together, you can just get right into it instead of being like having, having the, the questions there. Well, I don't think so. I don't think you should think of this as a way around that. I, you know, even with my client that was talking about who's seeing a girl in Arizona, they've gotten very uh, sexual in their Mm. messaging and video. And I'm like, at some point you should let her know that there's no expectation Mm. to start there when you do finally meet in person. All right. Well, then I I officially rescind my rescind. my comment and it's uh, a lovely idea but no, it doesn't work that way sorry <laughs> so so we can't make we can't make the decision that it's two zoom dates and a makeout that's yeah that's, exactly that we can't no, make that no rule. no okay. you still have to pick up on on what the person wants and if there's energy there when you meet in person which is why that's, the in-person meeting eventually is so important that's actually a really good point it kind of reminds me i mean this isn't it wasn't a zoom thing but i remember one of my very first dates that i ever did through through online dating was through it was through eHarmony, mm. and, and e, eHarmony had this thing where like you have to answer these questions, then you pass questions back and forth, and you do it's it's a really actually annoying process because um, you just can't get into asking what you want. You have to get these pre-made questions, and the idea is there, but it takes so long with the back and forth that by the time you actually get into free talking, it's it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a joke. I, one of the first things I, I finally messaged to her is like, you know, we should have 30 exchanges before we actually meet in person because this process is so long. I might as well just like make it this thing. And so as a joke, we kept it going. It was 30 exchanges before wow. we ever met up. And then when we met up, it was very, like it was, it was painfully clear right away that there was nothing. Oh no. And it just, the, we, st- we, you know, I'd already planned like this whole like multi-location date. You know, it was like, it was like uh, drinks, dinner, like a walk on the beach. It was like a whole, a whole thing that I had. Cause this was like one of my first dates. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go big. And it was just painful for like two, three hours. It was just like, really, the only, I found that the only thing we had in common was mustard. Like that was the only thing we liked. We both liked was mustard. Well, who doesn't like mustard? Well, yeah. That's, I mean, that was my, but the thing is um, she didn't even find that aspect funny. Like I was like, it's amazing. The only thing we have in common is mustard. And she was like, yeah. 
So see, this is why I say you don't want to build up false intimacy over yeah. messaging. You want to get to either the Zoom or the date. So you yeah. can be like, is there really something here? Because it's very easy to feel like there's something there when everyone has time to think about what they're going to write. Sure. And they have the safety of the screen and they're not actually bantering with the person, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so going with that, are there any uh, do's and don'ts with dating and uh, things that are signs that it's not meant to be? I don't believe in meant to be. Okay. So no. Uh, do's and don'ts. There's a bajillion. What do you want to know? <laughs> do go in with an open mind. Do give the person a chance to grow on you. Do assume the best. Do bring some questions in your back pocket that are not, what do you do? Where are you from? Where does your family live? But, but bigger minded questions. What are you passionate about? You know, those 36 questions that lead to love article. It's a pretty cheesy article, but there's 36 questions you could ask that are more interesting than what do you do for fun? To be, to be honest, if I went on a date and someone said, I have these 36 questions that I read about online, I'd like to go over them with you. I actually would find that fun. I did that on my second date with my fiance. <laughs> no, yes. see, I would see, I would think that if someone did that to me, I'd be like, oh, they like me. Like I well, would definitely I did not. We went to that party. We made out most of it. Then he was like, do you want to? like go somewhere else. He wanted me to come home with him. I said, that's not happening. So he yeah. was like, all right, how about this bar? And I was like, well, we've kind of gone through all the getting to know you questions and now we're sitting at a bar again. I'm going to pull this article up on my phone. And I made him do it with me. And we did it for our next few dates, I think, because we didn't get through all 36. Yeah, but, you know, it's like, we don't have to pretend like we're good at this. We don't have to pretend like this is just so natural for two strangers. You can be like, okay, I have this game. I have this thing. I have, and that makes them feel safe and relaxed. Mm -hmm. And no one has to worry about, you know, keeping the conversation going and saying the right thing and being so funny and interesting. It's like, no, it's fucking weird. Let's just like use the crutches we can to get a conversation started and then we'll take it from there. So it sounds like what I'm hearing is, is coming to dates with curiosity, with fun, with a willingness to learn. And maybe if anyone comes in without those things, that maybe that's not the right. Person. Why are you looking for not the right? Can you please stop? <laughs> you won't marry the wrong person. Okay. Because Let's talk about you that ignored then. all the signs on a date. I promise you. Okay. So then you, you say that the, the not the right person is not the right way to look at it. Correct. You'll know. You'll know if you don't enjoy yourself, if you have no desire to see them again, if everything they do rubs you the wrong way. But the idea of this like looking for red flags, mm. nothing is a red flag unless it's like drug and alcohol abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. Like those things are red flags. Mm -hmm. Everything else up for debate. Look for green flags. Look for things to like about this person. Once you start doing that, they're going to feel much more comfortable and you're going to discover that you actually do like them. Mm. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking for reasons to not like them and reasons they could mess up, they're going to feel that. They're going to be on edge. They're going to do the same thing to you. Mm. This, was, um, this actually does remind me of, of the, the last podcast where they, they, uh, my friend was talking about in, in business they brought in someone to ask them, like, what are the problems with the company? And they found so many. Of course. And they realized that they had created a problem. Yes. And instead they said, what are the things that are great about the company? 
And they found a lot of things that were great. And they said, okay, now how do we improve those great things? And yes. they found better ways I love to, to go about doing it. So maybe- there, There's something good and something bad about every single person. We're human beings. We're flawed. We are mm -hmm. not perfect. We can find things wrong with each other. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed, whoever you end up with, the things you like about them will also be the things you don't like about them, the flip mm -hmm. side of that coin. Mm -hmm. So- you just want to go like, this is the other thing that I can't stand is people who go in and they're like, what are you looking for? Let's talk about what kind of relationship you want. Or people who go in and are like, so what's dating been like for you? How's online dating? Tell me your worst dating experience. I'm like, the moment you bring those conversations and you kill it, we do not need to talk about dating on a date. We do not need to find out what someone is looking for. Mm -hmm. The answer is always... Depends if I like you. Yeah. People could say, I'm looking for marriage and kids. And then they decide they're not that into you. And they'll be like, well, I think we're looking for different things. Like, it's such a pointless conversation that you will never get the right answer to. Mm -hmm. If a month or two into dating, you're like, okay, let's see where this is going. You could be like, so here's my timeline. Here's what's important to me. But on the first date, it's about curiosity, fun, playfulness, giving the person the benefit of the doubt and looking for the things you can like about them, whether they end up being your friend, your lover, whatever it is, you're going to have a better time if you're looking for the fun things and the good things about them. And they're going to have a better time because mm. they're going to feel that and they're going to give it back to you. So, so look for the fun and check in with how you feel. Yes. And You'll that. know how you feel. You don't really need to get all belly button about it. <laughs> Spend uh, three hours in meditation after your yeah, date. Yeah, no. You'll just be like, did I have fun? Am I having fun? Yeah, I had fun. I'd do that again. Although I think it would be really hilarious to be like, and then for the last 10 minutes of our date, we're going to do a shavasana and yes. then we're going to talk about our feelings. We're going to check in. Yeah. <laughs> but I think too, like being honest on the date to an extent of like, okay, well, I was worried that I wouldn't have anything to talk about. So I brought these five questions. Do you mind? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I always say too, and I, I say this more to women because they have a little bit of a harder time with it and it's a little more important, I think. And I, again, speak in gender stereotypes, but for them to be able to speak up for what they need. So mm. if they're cold, if they want to move tables, if it's too loud, if they can't hear you, if they need, if you're on a Zoom and they're like, I just have to pee and I'm holding it. Like, whatever it is, to be able to speak up and call it out. Because if you mm. don't, the person can tell something's going on. They yeah. can tell and they can tell you're not fully there and they're going to be uncomfortable. So the best thing you can do for them is be honest about what you need to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then they can be comfortable knowing that you're comfortable. And once people yeah. are comfortable, that's how attraction and chemistry can grow. But yeah. if people are on edge and pretending to be someone they're not and feel like they're being judged and judging the other person, nothing good can happen. One of the things that I try to look for, and you can tell me if this is a good direction, is I try to see how, how much of me am I being on this date? Mm -hmm. And if I'm finding that I'm very much myself and I'm not even thinking about it, then that's, that's definitely a positive direction. That's a positive direction on them? On me. That, on like I, that I am I'm representing my, like I am, I am enjoying this because I am being myself. Right. For and that's my totally weirdness. up to you though. Like just mm -hmm. to not put that responsibility on them of like, mm -hmm. I don't feel like I can be myself around them. It's like, try it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Do what you need to do. Go take a minute, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, any, any like um, overall thoughts about what we've talked about? Any, any takeaways? 
from this whole thing? I mean, I think the main takeaway, as I've hammered home to you, is to look, look for the positive. Look how you can have a good time. Another thing that I love to recommend, because I know dating can be overwhelming to some people, not everyone is you know, an extrovert who loves, loves this, is um, create like a incentivization program for yourself. So when I was in acting school, they used to tell us every time you go on an audition, whether it's good or bad, whether you do a great job or not, plan a treat for yourself afterwards. Hmm. So that could be seeing a friend, calling a parent, uh, going, getting a treat at a bakery, you know, something for yourself so that no matter what, you have a motivation to do the thing again. Mm-hmm. So figure out a little routine and ritual for yourself. I think also like take the guesswork out of it. You know, when I was doing six nights a week, I wore the same outfit every single night, outfit I felt great in, outfit I loved, didn't have to think about it, didn't have to worry about it, had my little ritual, would play my music before the date, get in a good headspace, never go on a date straight from work, give yourself some time, have a snack, have half of a drink, not, not too much play some music, listen to your favorite podcast, and then also give yourself a buffer after. So, you know, some people when we were dating in the real world would set up a thing with their friend, not because they're like, I'm not going to have a good time on this date. I need an out. But because they're like, I have other things to do. No first date needs to be more than two hours. Mm -hmm. And you want to give yourself something to look forward to afterwards. So you start creating this pattern in your mind of like, dating is fun. When I go on a date, no matter what, I have a good time before and after. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give myself that. And I'm going to figure out how to have fun on the date too. But it helps if you know that you're always going to just make it a fun evening for yourself. And yeah, I think I, that's true too with Zoom calls, you know, because Zooms can be a little exhausting or whatever. So you can be like, okay, after my Zoom, I'm going to turn everything off and take a bubble bath, or I'm going to make this banana bread or whatever it is to replenish yourself. Yeah. I think, I think that ties very well into my sort of takeaway from this, which is, um, increasing the um, predictability, having a certain amount of consistency. Like you can't control what's going to happen on the date, but Mm -hmm. you can control what happens after. And if what you do after is always something fun, Mm -hmm. then no matter what the date is like, you're going to have a great day. Exactly. We should not be depending on dating to make our lives better. Mm -hmm. It should be another fun thing that we're doing, but it shouldn't be like, if this date isn't good, then my day is shot. You know, it should be like, I'm going to go learn about an interesting person. I may or may not want to learn more. Yeah. But at least for this half hour, I'm going to give them my attention and focus. And then I'm going to do something fun afterwards. I think that's actually really great. Because I I think far too often that my conversations with friends have been like, man, that was the worst two hours of of my life that this, this was, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe she said that, or can you believe this? And then it's just becomes like a complaint fest, Yeah, you know, for another hour about someone that was, was, was not, you know, the right person for me anyway. I know you don't agree with that, but, uh, but you know, something well, that wasn't going to go anywhere. If they're not, that's fine. But like, I mean, then think about it afterwards and be like, well, if it's a horrible date, at least I'm going to be able to bitch about it to my friends for an hour. And that's kind of fun. I do get a lot of great stuff for comedy through those bad dates. And so mm-hmm. sometimes I will purposefully stay on it a little bit longer to just ask a few more extra questions to just sort of see like, okay, are we really going to go down this road? Let's, let's go down there fully. 
Do it. Yeah, I'm into that. I mean, whatever yeah. you can do to make it fun for yourself. If it's absolutely horrible, find a way to make it fun and enjoy it and lean in, you know? Yeah, and, and by the way, when I say that, I'm not talking about like any dates that are like truly unsafe, but, you know, dates where like there is definitely a story to be had. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, if, it, if I'm not in a, an unsafe place and this is just annoying, let's, uh, let's take, it, let's take, it to the, take it to 10. I mean, back in normal times, I would make out with almost every single one of my dates, not because I was attracted to all of them, but because, and I'm a unique individual and being able to make out with most people willingly. Um, Mm. Not everyone is like that, but I was Mm. always just like, I wonder what that would be like. And sometimes I would get surprised that I thought they were kind of boring. And then the makeout is like amazing. And I'm like, there might be a date too, or vice versa. I'm like, they're hot. Makeout's terrible. No, thank you. Get a lot of information by really seeing it through to the end. <laughs> Interesting. So uh, actually, that this, this wasn't, wasn't part of our topic today, but um, I, I am curious to, to think, like, um, how much weight do you put on a kiss in terms of, like, a date? In terms of whether it happens or not, or in terms oh, of in term, how it is? Well, maybe both. It's just, like, what leads to that. But also, if, like, how, like, I've heard people say, oh, if the kiss is bad, the relationship's not going to happen. Like, like basically, how, how much weight do you put on that kiss of, of the, the future? Uh, I guess however much you want to. I think anyone can be taught. Mm. I think if they are absolutely foul and disgusting and it makes you want to throw up, probably not. Right. But, um, you know, I, I know someone who's married now and on their third date, I think her husband was like, if we're going to kiss... I need you to like chew gum or something like you have bad breath. Mm. And she did ever since. And now they're married. So I think there's always, you know, and it's similar to how I razzed Matt about his beard. Like our first Mm. kiss, I was like, beard's all (laughs) up in here and it's not very fresh. And (laughs) we worked on it and now I'm obsessed with kissing him. So I think if you're, if you like something about a person, kisses can be easily worked on. You have to get honest and you want to do it kindly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, also first date, like I said, like no one is at their absolute best. I think we right. can only put so much weight on that. But if there's something that you're still curious about, even if the kiss wasn't the best kiss you've ever had, it's probably worth exploring again and seeing if you can work on it. Yeah. And in terms of if it happens or not, I mean, I think that's a very individual thing. Usually it should happen, I'd say, by like the third mm-hmm. date. Um, like I said, I'm a kiss on the first date person because I feel like you get a lot of information that way. Right. Um, but not everyone feels comfortable doing that. So I'd say third date is, is pretty good. That, that's kind of like where I'm at too. That like if, if the first date can happen, great. Second date, just fine too. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't happen by the third date, I will bring it up. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be like, a, no, like I've, I've definitely not had a kiss on the third date and continue to see someone because we had that conversation, we talked about it, and they just were not comfortable in that moment. And then it eventually was fine. Yeah. But it's sort of just like, that is kind of where I'm at. But then I, I'm always willing to, to have that talk. I think a great thing to do if you want to kiss someone and you're not sure mm-hmm. is say, can I kiss you? Mm. It's very gentlemanly. It's nice. And if you're someone who wants a kiss and the person is not going in, you can say, you can kiss me. Mm. Mm. Now, would you say, and this may be just getting too semantic, like, mm. but uh, 
because can I kiss you is more like, am I able to? Is Come on, may. Now, Rob. <laughs> so may I kiss you and can I kiss you? You would say. Can I kiss you is hotter than may I kiss you. Interesting. Okay. May I is like, I'm an Oliver Twist. I like mother, know. may I? Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> Which already, that sounds way worse. Yeah. I mean, although maybe your true love match is the person that would be like, don't you mean may I? Yeah. And then you and then you make out furiously. Yeah. But you know when you're dating that English major. Yeah, exactly. I see they could happen, you know. Could happen. Yeah. But I've, I've dated a teacher before. I mean, do know? whatever comes out. Am I allowed? No, don't do that. <laughs> I think can I kiss you is is nice and simple. <laughs> Would it be too <laughs> problematic? Am I presuming too much upon <laughs> your womanliness if I <laughs> Place my lips upon your lips. No. Please check your email. I have asked you a question. Yes. <laughs> Please accept my invite. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this has been really great. I really appreciate your time on this. Um, so tell, tell our listeners how they can, how they can find you and, 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 and hear more about uh, what you're doing. Well, uh, my podcast that is Dating Advice, I coach mm-hmm. people live on the air, is um, not live, on the air. Is it on there when it's a podcast? I don't know. Anyways, my podcast is called Not Your Therapist. Uh, if you have a question, I do a little listener question segment. So you can send me your dating questions, Not Your Therapist Podcast on Instagram and Not Your Therapist Podcast at gmail.com. Those are the best ways. Also, if you'd like to come on the show and be coached, you can be anonymous or not. Or if you want to work with me privately, all of those things, you can reach me, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com and notyourtherapistpodcast on Instagram. My name is Dahlia Karnofsky, but that's very hard to spell. I do have a website, but I just think it's easier to go with Not Your Therapist. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that is the main way to get a hold of me. Well, thank you once again. This has been um, really wonderful, and I hope you have a, a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for letting me yell at you. And I look forward to hearing how things go. Of course. Thank you very much. Bye, Rob. So here was my additional takeaway after listening to this. I'd always like to think that overall I'm a positive person, but I still bring a lot of negativity to my dates. How is my life going to be better with this person? How is this going to work? What will my friends think? These are questions that not only avoid living in the moment, but they are assuming the worst outcome. Almost every date won't lead to marriage, but that doesn't mean almost every date can't be a fun experience. And this is what I need to remember. Exist in the moment. Enjoy each moment. I can't say that every woman will still be attracted to me, even if I have positive energy, but how many great relationships have I pushed away with negative energy? So. I'll just keep going on this journey, and I'll have a great time doing it. If that sounds like fun to you, join me as we dive deeper into the very positive podcast of dating what went wrong. Good night.